You're listening to Regen Reports for Puma. Eliminating plastic bags. It's easy, right? To us, that wasn't a responsible use of plastic. But there is alternatives to plastic packagings. Have you tried using a more environmentally friendly material when transporting items? We did a trial. Unfortunately, that was during the summer season in Bangladesh and the bags melted all over the garments and ruined them. We can substitute all we want between plastic to paper and everything like that. But at the end of the day, what's really going to make the biggest impact is actually designing the waste out. My name is Yumiko Huskin, and I'll be your host today. So I don't know about you, but I love working out and I love buying workout clothes online. In theory, it should be a great moment. The day comes, the parcel arrives at your door and you rip it open, only to discover that every individual item has been wrapped in plastic. I'm like, why? How is this sustainable? As someone who tries to lead a conscious lifestyle, seeing plastic like this makes me cringe. Did you know that on an average, a single-use plastic bag is used for 12 minutes before it's discarded? That's why I started my own brand, Pico Bag. We make reusable bags made from discarded plastic bottles, and the material we use is certified by the Global Recycle Standard. But... The reality is, even though we're taking single-use plastic out of the system, we're still, at the end of the day, reusing plastic to make our products. And although we've made some progress with plastic alternatives, sometimes plastic is just the most appropriate material for the job. But considering the damage that plastic does to our environment, climate, society, and our health, and the fact it can take a whopping 1,000 years to degrade, I want to know. When is using plastic justified? And is the trade-off worth it? Take a deep dive with me as I chat with Puma's Jordan Eichenberger about all things plastic packaging. Hey, Jordan. Hi, Yumika. <laughs> How are you? Good. Thanks so much for joining me. So why don't we start off with telling everyone what it is that you do at Puma? I'm head of labeling and packaging at Puma. This means that my team and I look after all of the at-source labeling and packaging. So everything that comes with the product when it's sold to the consumer. We're also responsible for transit packaging. So that's the packaging that's used to protect the products on their journey from the factory to the store. Just so the listeners understand exactly what labeling and packaging means. Includes things like shoeboxes, hang tags, but also small things like care labels where you find the wash instructions. In 2021, we redesigned all of our shoeboxes and outer cartons to save over 4,000 tons of paper. The new shoeboxes are just as sturdy as their predecessors and are made from more than 95% recycled material. We source all of our corrugated cardboard and paper packaging from recycled or certified sources to make sure that we're not contributing to deforestation as well. But our mission with primary packaging, so consumer-facing packaging, is to move from plastic to paper where we can. Over the past few years, we've done a lot of substitution, which means that on the consumer-facing side at the moment, we're using very little plastic. When it comes to sourcing, how long did it take for you to go through that experimental stage, finding the certified FSC cardboard? Is there a region that you particularly find have better infrastructures to get all of that and source all that? 
Yeah. So I think that maybe five to 10 years ago, it was quite difficult to get, let's say, FSC certified paper. Nowadays, I think most of the brands are, are asking for it. And so it's readily available now. The good news is, I think for the listeners out there, is that all of these types of things are becoming more and more ingrained into the sourcing practices of global brands. And so this is becoming standard practice rather than something that you need to search for, really. So the fashion industry in particular is known to use an excessive amount of plastic, especially when it comes to plastic packaging. Why is that? You're completely right. The fashion industry absolutely needs to do a better job of confronting the plastic problem. It's something that we are taking very seriously at Puma because of the level of impact that plastic has on the environment, which is why when we use plastic, we have to use it consciously. When we think about the ways global brands use plastic in packaging, a really obvious one that consumers see is plastic bags in stores. To us, that wasn't a responsible use of plastic. There was a better way. So in 2022, we were able to eliminate all plastic bags from our own stores globally. A lesser known use of plastic is when we transport our garments. They're individually wrapped in plastic bags to prevent them from being exposed to dirt, dust, high and low temperatures, as well as moisture before, during, and after transportation. It also protects them from rubbing against each other and transferring dye from one to the other. Garments go from the product factory, they sit in a container in a logistics center, and then they go onto a ship where inner temperatures within that container can go up to 50 degrees. So it's very important for us to have a material that can protect the garments. And right now for us, uh, plastic makes the most sense. But there is alternatives to plastic packagings. Have you tried using a more environmentally friendly material when transporting items? Absolutely. So we have investigated PLA before, which is basically a bioplastic made from corn. We did a trial. Unfortunately, that was during the summer season in Bangladesh and the bags melted all over the garments and ruined them. Obviously, that's not ideal because one, the customer didn't get the product and two, the environmental impact of having to reproduce the ruined garments is worse than it would have been had we protected them with conventional plastic bags. If you consider the energy, the water, all the raw material that's needed to produce a cotton t-shirt, that wastage is much greater. Can I ask how much garments were ruined in that t- that scenario? <laughs> yeah, I mean, luckily we decided to do a trial first. So it was only a trial. It was one container and less than 10,000 pieces. It's, it's definitely something that I haven't heard before, but it is a shame. Like, I feel like we are coming so far that why can't we create some sort of product that's able to withstand also the environmental pressures? So for my brand, I was also using compostable biodegradable postage packages, which is based out of Singapore. And because of the hot and humid climate over there, my warehouse is having to inform me that postage bags were disintegrating within a matter of two, three months when they're meant to last at least nine months or more. Another thing to consider with bioplastic and biodegradable plastics is the fact that they don't fit into the current recycling streams in most countries. So they have to be segregated. So when we talk about recycling, which is one of the things that we really need as a, an industry to start putting more investment into, bioplastics don't fit into that because the, during the waste segregation process, they would have to be segregated and put in the trash basically, instead of in, into the recycling stream and made into new bags and if we were to have a closed loop system of poly bags, for example. 
Okay, so biodegradable plastic bags melted at 50 degrees heat. It sounds like the conditions that these plastic bags need to survive can be pretty extreme. Where would you say the plastic bags are protecting the garments the most during this journey from factory to store? So most of the issues that we see are either in transit from the factory to the logistics centers, inside of the container before it's sealed, or after the boat is on the water because of heat or moisture. As we mostly transport our garments by sea, sometimes we do get leakages inside of the container, but I would say that that's a lower percentage of the issues that we see. Once the container itself is sealed and with the garments protected by the bag, that does help decrease the chance of any issues. So these bags have an important role to play in protecting the garments for a long time. Was paper packaging ever considered as an alternative? We we did an evaluation and we found that when it comes to paper, uh, we would have to basically be using twice as thick of a material as, as the plastic we're currently using. And though paper does biodegrade, uh, analysis done by people like the Washington Post, for example, reported that the production of paper emits 70% more CO2 into the atmosphere than plastic. These are all things that need to be taken into consideration as well, not just the, of course, extremely concerning disposal problem that we all see in, in the news, plastic choking the rivers and, and so forth. So what we're trying to do is to protect the garments during each stage of the transportation process as best we can. So this means that whatever we use needs to be durable enough to stand the test of time so we're not wasting products like we talked about with the biodegradable experiment. Just as an example, if you're talking about our bags compared to a single-use container for takeout where you're getting something, eating it, and then throwing it away after 10 minutes. I think the way that we are using the bags consciously is a more environmentally appropriate choice. So it's really a case for us of weighing up what is the most sustainable material for the job. So that comparison between the time that my takeaway container is in use for compared with the time that these plastic bags are protecting their garments for, it makes me think twice. I get that these bags are doing a job protecting these garments, which have taken a lot of natural resources and time to make. But at the end of the day, it's still plastic. What have you done to make these bags more sustainable? So from 2021, our, our plastic bags are now made from 100% recycled plastic, uh, and we've reduced the micron thickness of the bags down from about 60 microns, which is about the thickness of a human hair, um, to about 30. Um, doing that, we saved about 440 tons of plastic. We've also tried working with a few companies that put an additive into conventional bags, which allow the plastic to break down faster. Uh, but to pause that for now until we have more data to make sure it breaks down to carbon and water and not microplastics. Mm, I mean, thickness of the human hair. Wow, I didn't even know you could do that. Really shows the importance of science here. So once the garments have survived the journey from the factory to logistics center or retailer, what happens to the plastic that they've been wrapped in? So it depends on where the product is sold. Uh, customers in Asia like to receive the product in the bag when they buy it. But in the EU, for example, oftentimes they're taken out of the bag before they're displayed on the shop floor for customers to choose from. So a big practice I preach uh, is reuse and not only in my day-to-day, -day, but also in my business. Uh, my business uses paper to protect the bags in transport by air, uh, but some of our clients have requested that they we use plastic to protect from water damage. So what we've 
used is old plastic bags that we found lying around in Nepal as liners around the bags for shipping. Do you have a process in place to reuse the packaging or bags that don't get passed on to the customer? So we reuse the plastic packaging where possible, but because we are almost 80% wholesale, it means that we also need to have conversations with all of our wholesale partners as well as our own retail stores to collect the bags and reuse them. We're currently exploring a trial with a company who specializes in collecting bags and recycling those bags into new bags at their polybag factories. Our product factories would then buy those newly produced bags again, creating a closed loop system. Um, they only have locations in a few specific countries, mostly the EU. So the project wouldn't be global yet, but they are investigating locations in Asia and the US as well. It's definitely obvious that countries have very different infrastructures in place. Do you find that EU is very much ahead of the game when it comes to you know, being more sustainable? Certainly. Yeah, I think that the EU definitely comes out on top in terms of who's concerned about how brands can be more green, basically. So you see that also in, in the legislation. I think that is going to be a constant process of heightening. So there's really a need for us to continue to up our game and to experiment wherever we can so that we stay ahead of that. It's so frustrating to me seeing how each country in each region definitely have its challenges in infrastructure. Do you feel the slow progress? Are you, do you get frustrated with that at all? Yeah. For sure. As you mentioned in the beginning, you need to collaborate with the scientists who are creating new technologies. Governments need to step up their game as well in terms of recycling facilities. Really, that there is no one size fits all solution for every brand and every product category. Each brand goes on their own journey. Puma's on its journey. However, we as retail brands should be collaborating together, which we are, and working with scientists, governments, and NGOs to develop new, scalable, environmentally friendly technologies, while at the same time increasing our ability to recycle conventional plastic in the meantime. Overall, do we feel positive about the changes that are going to come about? I certainly do. I think we're moving in the right direction. As I said, long way to go. We're constantly looking at our practices and our partners to see where's the latest technology going to come. Is it scalable? Is it viable for a big business like us? I'm cautiously optimistic. Last question. As a consumer, what have you learned from working in this area? I've become much more conscious about what I buy. I don't go out and buy the latest, you know, shoes and shirts and hats and, and all that anymore. I think that what we need to do is really to be, be conscious about exactly things that we touch on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, is my takeout meal coming in a paper container or a plastic container? If it's coming in a plastic container, why is that? Why, why are the hang tags so big? Why are we using so much paper here? Why are we using so much paper there? For me... We can substitute all we want between plastic to paper and everything like that. But at the end of the day, what's really going to make the biggest impact is actually designing the waste out. And so that's probably what I'm most proud of that, that we've done is on a like for like from the shoeboxes that we were using in 2018 to the shoebox that, that we're using now from the outer cartons that we were using in 2018 to the outer cartons that we're using now, you know, 4,000 tons of material is not nothing. And also on the plastic side, taking 440 tons of plastic out of the, the supply chain is something that I'm, I'm quite proud of. Amazing. Well, Jordan, it's been such a pleasure talking to you today. And thank you so much for thank you. giving us a little insight into the behind the scenes and very excited to see how Puma progresses. Thank you very much.
Navigating and pivoting a business takes experimenting, and it's encouraging to hear the stories behind Puma's willingness to experiment. And it's a much slower process than what we all anticipate and want, for sure. I think that Puma have a massive undertaking ahead of them to move into more sustainable methods and practices within their business. And the idea of perfect just isn't something achievable, especially this quickly. Whilst biodegradable packaging was obviously not the answer for them and caused massive issues during shipping, their exploration, utilizing science and collaborating with new companies that have new ideas on how to figure out the best methods forward is progress. I personally think circularity is the most sustainable method, but that also presents its challenges on the collection and sorting of materials on a huge global basis. And being open to opinions and taking responsibility individually and as a corporation is key to move towards a more sustainable future as a collective. And for us as consumers, next time you see a plastic bag, ask the question, why? We have so much power as consumers of brands. Find out, be curious, demand answers from the brands you buy from and hold them accountable to do better. And while change doesn't happen overnight, we can be hopeful about the progress that is being made. You've been listening to Regen Reports for Puma. If you like today's episode, please share it with your friends. There are 10 episodes about different aspects of the fashion industry, from climate action to women's rights and fair wages. Find them all by following Regen Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Puma publishes all of its progress, challenges, and setbacks in its sustainability report. You can find the 2022 report online now by going to about.puma.com. There's only one forever. Let's make it better.